Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Nordman, executive editor of the Telegram Gazette, joined on this voice of business by Tim Murray, the CEO and president of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Tim. How are you, Dave? Uh, another uh, another busy week in the uh, the world of business, and it's always a busy week uh, over at the chamber. No, it, it is, and uh, you know, last week we had our, our president's council. We had Joe Boncori, who's the new president and CEO of the um, uh, Mass Bio, which is the advocacy lobbying organization for the life sciences and biotech industry here in Massachusetts, not only at the state house but down in Washington D.C. And, uh, and then this Thursday we have our Tomorrow, our Breakfast Club event, which will uh, feature Ken Turner, who is the president and CEO of the Mass Life Sciences Center, which is a quasi-governmental entity that gives out dollars for promising life sciences research and companies, as well as uh, dollars for brick-and-mortar expansion of more established companies to to grow jobs here in the Commonwealth. So we're focused on life sciences and biotech uh, a little bit. and then tomorrow's event will be at the College of the Holy Cross tomorrow morning uh, for for our breakfast club, which is a quarterly event. Yeah, and Ken Turner, I, I know a couple of weeks ago uh, we we ran through his resume, and it is as impressive as as they get. Yeah, you know, really sharp guy, Navy uh, submarine man, and then was uh, the Assistant Secretary of Veteran Services uh, for Governor Patrick and myself during our administration, uh, then uh, took a leadership role over at Massport, working on uh, expanding their diversity, equity, inclusion programs and contracting and hiring. So just a a quality individual who's really hit the ground running in the year or so he's been on the job. And even during uh, all of COVID, uh, I quickly invited him out once he was named the new head of the Mass Life Sciences Center to Worcester, and we spent a a day looking at our life sciences and biotech assets, the MBI, uh, the reactory, you know, which is the WBDC-led project to, to create a biomanufacturing park up next to the UMass Science Park, and then down to the UMass Chan Medical School with Chancellor Collins to see the great work they're doing as well. And I, uh, I, I went on the Chamber website, WorcesterChamber.org, uh, this morning, and uh, you can still register for the event? Yep. You, you, can, you can register... Uh, uh, the clock's ticking, but you know we're closing on about 200 people up at uh, Holy Cross uh, for the breakfast club. So we're we're thrilled to have Ken and and ho- and hopefully with the masks and things and you know behind us pu- pu- publicly, though Holy Cross is requiring masks uh, on their campus when people are not eating or drinking. And so they can go online, or they can I assume call uh, Stephanie over at the chamber and uh, and she'll uh, provide any information. That's right. Uh, so what else do you have? Yeah, and the other uh, yeah. big, the other other thing was, uh, and, you know, we released a condo study, which I want to talk about in a moment. But but Thursday, we also f- uh, a developer, uh, Bally Breen uh, uh, Ventures, uh, we had recruited to the city several years ago, and they bought the iconic Elwood Adams Building, which is uh, the first brick building in Worcester. It was a long time hardware store, but we did the ribbon cutting there. Thirteen new units of housing, uh, and uh, 
you know, that's going to, as we talk about adding density to the downtown, every little bit helps. And in the North Main Street, we want to make sure we've got active storefronts and, and buildings. Yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, density, uh, the the chamber uh, is uh, released a study uh, last week, uh, which uh, we wrote about in the telegram, but uh, I'll let you explain. Uh, yeah. You know, we, in 2019, we did an in-depth housing study of Worcester in the region and condos was just one piece of it. And so we kind of went back and, and pulled some of that data and matched up with some current data to see if we could and you know provide that that information to share with developers and investors to try to encourage more condo construction or development or redevelopment of older buildings into condos which has happened you know 38 square miles in the city you know we have uh, 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 you know here in Worcester and we have nearly 5000 condominiums currently in the city 4948 and that represents 6% of Worcester's housing stock and about 17% of the owner-occupied housing units in the city. We haven't built a, a lot of them recently. And so uh, we wanted to see, because based upon requests that we've gotten for people to have condos downtown with amenities, clearly the issue of Worcester being a little behind uh, other similar-sized cities in terms of home ownership, that condos are... Uh, a pathway towards home ownership, and Mass Housing has put together a new program called Commonwealth Builds, which incentivize developers and investors to build housing for uh, uh, people at the middle, lower income levels uh, who might be priced out currently. So this in-depth study that we did talks about that history. Uh, shows kind of the different levels of condominiums, where they exist around the city, and we're, and talks a little bit about the Commonwealth Builder Program. Uh, and we're going to use this as a tool, hopefully, to, to you know bring in some more condominium developers and builders. Yeah, and, you know, somebody who's downtown every day, and uh, I guess that's, uh, you know, there's a lot of great things happening in the city, but that's the one thing that that I hear often is I, I'd love to make a personal investment downtown. I'd love to buy a place, but that's pretty hard to do. It is. And, you know, we've seen it, it in, on smaller scale, I guess, you know, with the redevelopment of the Voke lofts and the canal lofts, those, when those are built, there's guaranteed affordability number of units. But the, the developer, after five or a 10-year period, then has the ability to sell some of those uh, apartments for condos. And wind development has done that very successfully. Those condominiums went, you know, like hotcakes. And, and many of them, you know, are more reasonably priced than, say, the typical home in Worcester. And so we want to try to use this report and some of that data from some of the smaller scale condo conversions uh, as a way to kind of bring in uh, you know, developer that would maybe be willing to maybe do 200 condominium units or several developers that maybe would do 100 each uh, as a way to create net new, net new units in the city, which we desperately need, but also more affordable housing opportunities. We also know, though, as well, that there are, you know, individuals who may have a house in Worcester that's worth, for you know, after they sell it, Four, five, six hundred thousand dollars, or you know, and, and and others who empty nesters, who want us to continue to own and live in the city, but they want to have some amenities, a garage, a gym, these types of things. So we also want to look at use this housing 
uh, the, the condominium study to kind of look at it, um, the condominium report as a way to encourage some developers who may be interested in doing something a little high-end as well. So there's two goals here, home ownership opportunities and, and this Commonwealth Builder Program as a pathway to do that, as well as a way to maybe track to the developer in the high-end condo space as well. And you make a good point. I mean, in a, po- a point in uh, the, the study itself and a good point now, and that's, um, you know, a community in which the the people living here are um, are invested in are owners of their properties is is always a great thing, right? Yeah, there's you know I mean, there's a, nothing a, wrong. Innumerable with, number of, of right. benefits that have been studied of, of having home ownership, not only for the individual and their families, they're building equity, they're building wealth that's generational, but also kind of engagement in the community, engagement in schools, engagement in the neighborhood is generally higher as well, and, and that strengthens a city. Yeah, and you mentioned like the the. For a lot of people, young people, you know, uh, in particular, it's the affordability of that housing as the, you know, as the houses continue to increase in price, you know, owning a condo is a lot of times their first step in home ownership. Exactly, because you're building equity with every payment you make. And uh, then you could potentially rent the condo uh, or, you know, and have that as a, as, 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 as passive income or um you know, you can sell it and then use that equity as to, 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 to step up if you're having a family. So it just makes a lot of sense. And when you look at the data, as our condominium report does, and people can go on WorcesterChamber.org to see it, um, you know, Worcester is behind similar-sized cities in terms of the, the percentage of home ownership. And we want to boost that if we want to, you know, ha- have a strong city uh, and strong neighborhoods. Right. Now, so many, so many good points. And I think the next time we uh, next time we talk, we'll be uh, talking about uh, maybe uh, uh, baseballs being thrown and uh, the snow melting, which uh, which is always a great thing. And I, I think people in Worcester are just having this conversation with somebody this morning. I think we're probably uh, the people around here, the business owners, the team, probably the only ones cheering for this for this lockout to maybe continue a little bit longer than, uh, you know, start the season, but maybe not right on time. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, if the lockout happens, there's no Major League Baseball at Fenway or uh, you the thought Bronx the focus Yankee was Stadium. On, you thought the focus was on the Woo Sox last year. Yeah. I mean, no, you know, no baseball at Fenway for maybe a little bit. Yeah, you know? they'll be scalping tickets outside of Polar Park. <laughs> <laughs> Good problem to have, right? There you go. That's Tim Murray, CEO and president of the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. I'm Dave Nordman, executive editor of the Telegram Gazette. We'll do it again next week, Tim. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.